Blog Talk Radio. This is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Wiglet, Jiglet, what a race! Always be Mickey on the outside. Always be Mickey. They're off and it is on. And betting line has taken the lead. Two, two, boom! You're tuned in to Harness Racing's fastest 90 minutes post-time with Mike and Mike, with co-host Mike Carter. Believe in the spirit? Do you believe in miracles? And Mike Bozen. Smoking Gun, Shaman Hall, production, Smoking Gun is flying, here comes Smoking Gun, I don't know! That just happened! That just happened! Mike Bozich and uh, Mike, I'll tell you what, what a big weekend that we have coming up. We kick off our 2018 live remote schedule uh, coming up here on a Saturday night. And boy, what a uh, jam-packed card it is at Western Fair. <coughs> you okay? Uh, how you, you doing? Right you all right over there? <laughs> I'm doing fantastic. I couldn't be doing any better, let me tell you. But uh, it, it just had to be this weekend, didn't it, Mike? The the cold just had to wait until this weekend to hone in on my fantastic immune system. Listen, listen do you want to give the breaking news now, or do you want to wait till later? <laughs> <laughs> we'll wait. We'll wait till later. Listen, but we you're right about the Campbell Classic, Mike. That is going to be fantastic. We're going to be broadcasting live uh, from Western Fair coming up on Saturday night. You'll be up there, Jessica and Garnet Barnsdale. I'll be back at the post time with. Mike and Mike Studios, uh, Chuck and Cough Medicine and Hot Tea. But it's going to be a fantastic time, a great race they have put together up there, and we're going to have Sugar Doyle on towards the top of the hour to talk about it. Yeah, definitely. It's a stacked field of pacers, and I'll tell you what, it'll be interesting to see how a bit of a legend handles the second tier. Uh, trying to make it uh, two-time champion is even in a pleasure uh, after finishing, I believe, third last year in the uh, Camluck Classic, was named the Molson Pace last year. So we'll sit down and talk to Shannon Sugar Doyle. We're also going to talk to Pete Medhurst, Mike, the track announcer at Rosecroft Raceway. He'll join the program to talk about the happenings at the Maryland Racetrack, and I'll Tell you what, lots of fun things uh, going on at Rosecroft Raceway uh, over the past couple of weeks. And Mike, I'm uh, very excited to talk to Wendy Ross. She joined the United States Trotting Association uh, this past week, and uh, she was hired as their social media and public relations coordinator. And it'll be fun to hear what she has to say and what kind of ideas she has uh, for the sport of harness racing. Good stuff. I mean, she's been out of the business for a little bit. But you know what? It was one of those things, Mike, where when she got out of the business about a year and a half ago, you knew that her passion was too great to keep her away. You knew she was going to be back in harness racing in some capacity, um, you know, in the not-too-distant future. And I'll tell you what, harness racing is very lucky to have somebody like Wendy Ross. 
Yeah, definitely. And we're also going to talk to Caroline Vasquez from Diamond Creek Farms. She talks about the open house, Mike, and I've never been out to Diamond Creek Farms, never been to a breeding farm. I guess I might have to change that uh, over the next uh, few weeks. But uh, Caroline's going to talk about their open house coming up next Saturday, June the 2nd. Speaking of June 2nd, uh, Mike, I've got a big race uh, coming up out here. The Battle of Lake Erie is next Saturday as well. So uh, lots of big things going on and uh, lots of things uh, coming up. Well, this is a big weekend. Of course, we've got a big weekend right here at Harris, Philadelphia. We had a chance to sit down and talk to the excuse me, the great assistant race secretary here at Harris, Philly, Rob Pennington. Rob does a tremendous job, and what a card coming up on Sunday. I mean, not only the three big races, Mike, of course, which we had a chance to dive into with Rob, but the undercard is just outstanding. There's great Northeast series action. We have two divisions of the Pennsylvania Sire Stinks for three-year-old Philly Pinks going for $80,000 a pop. I mean, just big, big stuff coming up this weekend here at Harris, Philadelphia on Sunday. We also race Friday night here too, Mike. We've got a Friday night post at 6.30. So uh, that'll give the voice a little bit of a chance to rest after today. I'll let you listen, if you want to hear something today, you, you probably should tune in to Harris, Philly today because – I remember the last time that my voice is like this. It was quite a pleasure or not a pleasure to listen to. Well, well, listen, you only had to use the cough button a couple of times, and that's okay. Listen, as long as yeah, you don't. Yeah, a couple of times. Yeah, a couple of times each race. Well, listen, as long as you don't use the cough button on Sunday when Handel or Hanover crosses the line at 49 and 3, you'll be okay. <laughs> So, uh, you know that that would be listen. That would be that would be that would be dreadful if you ask me. Okay? I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. She's going up against the good field, Mike. She's well, going up against a good film. You've got Homicide Hunter in that race, and uh, you've got a horse. Um, good grief! And why am I why am I drawing a blank? But Oki Swanstad's got a horse in there that drew the pylons. And if you remember, does uh, does Oki have the does Oki have Hanalore's number? Do you remember the big upset at Hanalore oh, yeah. Hanover with Oki? Yep. Oh, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. And if you haven't watched the racing at Harris, Philadelphia, as of late, you need to kind of check it out. Uh, I'll tell you, the, they, the Trotters, Marion Marauder, in his very first start, Mike, I, I think we were all surprised by the uh, fractions that were being posted. So uh, I could see some uh, world records falling this weekend. Well, not only is it a fast track, Mike, but I'm going to tell you something. This is no longer a speed-favoring oval. And we have seen this time and time again. If you're third or fourth over, you actually have a chance. Second over is a really good place to be. First over is actually a really good place to be because horses stay on the outside longer. And, you know, that's the thing. I mean, these drivers are the best in the world, Mike. And when they see that their horses can stay on on the outside, they'll drive them on the outside. You know, so it's the racing has really, really been fantastic here at Harris Philly. I mean, every race... Seems like it comes right down to the wire, and speed is no longer king here. I'll tell you that. But we're going to get into that with Rob Pennington and much more, but we're going to be joined by our good friend, the fine track announcer of Rosecroft Raceway, Pete Methurst, and he is first at bat on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. At Bet America, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com slash extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the Bet America way. 
join us for the Diamond Creek Farm Open House coming up on Saturday, June 2nd, starting at 11 a.m. Family-friendly activities include raffles, hayrides, food and drinks, meat cute foals, and much, much more. It's the Diamond Creek Farm Open House, located in Wellsville, Pennsylvania. For more information, visit us online at diamondcreekfarm.com, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. It's the Diamond Creek Farm Open House, Saturday, June 2nd at 11 a.m. Be there! Over the past 25 years, Hoosier Park has revolutionized harness racing across the nation. The action returns Friday, March 30th, with racing every Tuesday through Saturday, starting at 6.30 p.m. Join the revolution at Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Visit HoosierPark.com for more information. Excitement. Keystone Velocity in 147-3. That's a new track record. Competitive racing and full fields equal big fields. Six roses at 35-1. to one. Bang! Catch exciting live harness racing at Rosecroft Raceway two days a week, every Wednesday at 6.40 and Sunday at 4.40. Rosecroft has an industry-low 12% takeout on the Pink 5. Rosecroft Raceway, we race. Yes, they do. They race at Rosecroft Raceway. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter. Right now we're joined by our man, the fine track announcer at Rosecroft Raceway, Pete Methurst. Pete, before we get into the racing at Rosecroft, and we talk, seems like we talk about him all the time when you're on the show because you had a chance to fill in for our man Dave Rodman on a few occasions at Laurel. Give us your thoughts on the job that not only he, but Larry Colmas did in the fog in the Preakness. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Look, man, when I saw, I saw a great view that NBC showed uh, and then followed up by the in-house cameras on the Pimlico feed, probably about 15 minutes to post. And I was like, how on earth are they going to see the backside? And I, I guess to their credit, and obviously Larry's credit, NBC's got a couple of those extra what I would call lower-level cameras staged around the track where you can at least get a glimpse of where the field was. I mean, just to, it reminds me of when – and obviously, Mike, you call it – you guys, you know, you've seen Ocean Downs. You know, when the fog comes in off of Aston Woman's Bay there sometimes on the backside, it's a little harder to see, but it's a smaller track at Ocean Downs. Pimlico is a little bit bigger, and trying to see that far side is just uh, – just so difficult to see the backside and the way they were able to get through that uh, and do it flawlessly. That's why they're two of the very best in the industry. All right. Good stuff. Well, but Mike Carter's phone was ringing there. One of his many fans probably calling him, but, (laughs) but nonetheless, you're absolutely right. I mean, all the tricks of the trade that you have to pull off to be able to announce, you know, I mean, obviously you're following the camera views. Um, I, I, I don't know, I guess binoculars would be totally worthless at that point. Wouldn't you think? 
Yeah, I mean, really, uh, th- it doesn't matter. It's it's kind of like when you're driving. You know, you put your high beams on, and all it does is magnify the fog in your headlights uh, even more. I, I guess the one thing maybe the binoculars can help you, and, and obviously in, 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 in racing, you know, you've got distinct colors perhaps of the caps that maybe you can make out. Maybe you can make out a saddle pad number somehow. Uh, granted, the good thing for both of them, it was a short field. So it's not like the Derby where you're trying to find 20 horses in the fog like that. So uh, from that standpoint, you know, you, you know, and obviously that's what we look for, drivers' colors in our sport and, you know, saddle pads. If you can help it, maybe even, you know, God forbid, if you see a head number coming through the fog, uh, that'll help you out. And uh, Because uh, you're right, otherwise the binoculars don't do you any good, uh, whether you're looking 300 yards through the fog or 150 yards through the fog if it's so thick you can't see anyway. Now, have you ever called in – what's the most adverse conditions you've ever called in that you remember? Uh, no question, fog at Ocean Downs. Uh, there, there's no doubt about it. I remember when I first started doing races back there when I was a full-time announcer in 96. Um, you know, early in that meet, when you start to get warm days, cool nights right there on the water at Woman Bay, that fog comes in on the backside and uh, you can't see. I mean, you can't see on the far side. Uh, or you can see barely, and maybe you're hoping that the TV cameras and the monitors uh, help you out a little bit there. Rosecroft, we've obviously had some uh, incredible rains uh, at time, monsoon-type rains, but even in the rain, you can see through the rain. Fog presents a completely different dynamic because it becomes a blocker uh, at that point, almost like a shade that's been pulled down uh, in front of the horses that you can't even see. All right, talking to Pete Matters. Pete, let's talk a little bit about Rosecroft Raceway. A couple of big things, uh, one that you guys had, one that you guys got coming up. Obviously, Maryland Sire Stakes are coming up. But first, before before we touch on that, let's talk a little bit about Trotting for Charity, something that I think is just an absolute complete home run. A lot of the guys, the drivers, uh, some of the trainers at Rosecroft participated in that. And I'll tell you what, that's good, good stuff. And I see the auctions are going on, and some good money is being raised for some uh, some good causes. Yeah, no doubt about it. Give Ryan Macedonio a, a lot of credit here. He hit a, a home run with his marketing idea. And, and, and Mike, look, let, let's face it. You've got you've to get the drivers to get on board with this, and all of this comes out of their own pocket uh, to do that, and they've all done it, from Yana Jingra all the way down uh, to tracks uh, across the country. So that's what's been so great to see, that they have been so supportive of it. And we had several drivers on our end here. Uh, at Rosecroft the other night, uh, we had eight of them that were participating. Might have been nine participating uh, overall. Great charities locally that got to benefit from that, and that's the that's the critical thing. I mean, all of these different charities, whether it's a horse rescue charity or Jason Thompson who did uh, the Alzheimer's Association, all of these charities can benefit from uh, from from this money and and from these auctions. And you know, I, I give a lot of the credit for the drivers stepping up because they're the ones that ultimately have to make the choice to step up and participate uh, in the program, uh, and they all did uh, just that. And, and R and Gina maybe did a wonderful job working with Ryan uh, to get our drivers involved and, and make that happen. And really great to see those guys step up and be a part of it. Yeah, Pete, obviously some uh, big stakes action coming up at Rosecroft Raceway with the Maryland Sire Stakes getting underway uh, in the last couple of weeks. Uh, talk to us about that program and kind of how it built itself up over the past, past few years. Well, there's no doubt it's had to rebuild itself. I mean, for a long time there, basically Tom Cook was the, the program breeding with Nuclear Breeze. Richard Hands was the program breeding with Cam's Rocket. Um, whether And obviously we've seen the, the stories with Cam's Rocket, whether it's a trotter or a pacer, he's turned out 
uh, wicked speed with both of them. But now we're starting to see a rebirth of the program. It's getting a lot deeper. Uh, we're seeing uh, these Charlie DeVee trotters uh, stepping up and, and providing uh, a little bit better. Richard Horse, of course, uh, Goo Goo Gaga uh, has, uh, you know, obviously uh, sent some offspring. Corey Callahan's got a good one. His Philly Gaga gone, uh, tied the three-year-old trotting division record last night with a 157 mile. But a nuclear breeze, we had a new shooter, BT's Breeze, this year. He was a non-factor in 2017. This one looks like it's going to be a star uh, for Brian Truett Jr. in typical story. Two-year-old, raced four times, two nondescript third-place finishes, but boys come back a lot more mature, filled out more now at three. Victor Kirby uh, had not put him on the engine in any of his miles so far, whether it be uh, at Dover, uh, Chester, or uh, at uh, Rosecroft. But last night, Vic sent him to the front, 26-4, and 55-2, and two, 123-1, and one, and he just blew away Ronnie's rocket, uh, who's been really good for John Wagner at the start of the 2018 season tying Shimmering Joseph's record, which had stood since 2001, winning in 151-2. and And Victor Kirby did nothing but maybe chirp and sing a happy tune to him uh, on the way home. He did the whole mile virtually without a whip in his hand. Uh, So that tells you just how much better uh, that that horse is getting for Brian Truitt Jr. and his dad, Brian Truitt, who bred uh, and trains the son of Nuclear Breeze. He has just been astounding in the first couple of miles so far. Uh, this year. That final is going to be really good next week. Alex Finale, who was the two-year-old champion, also a big win last night in 152 and four, a lifetime best uh, for that horse for Steve LeBlanc. So that final for a little more than $60,000 is going to be really, really fun to watch next week. You know, and that uh, goes to show you how far the Maryland uh, stakes program has come, because I'll tell you, when I came over to Ocean in 2014, I mean, I was calling walkovers and and that's I mean it just in a short time it has come. Did a you long call the way. walkover with one horse that took three minutes and one second in a two year old trot? I mean, I I believe I did. I believe I that's, did. That's that's exactly what happened to the program there for a year. There was a hole, especially with the trotters, where there just wasn't a whole lot uh, going on. And um, you know now it's uh, you know. <laughs> It's, it's really been astounding to see what Sherry Stambaugh has been able to do, the administrator of the program, uh, to get that program back on its feet. And the breeders. I mean, the breeders have to, uh, you know, commit. Obviously, we know what Tom Cook and, and Richard Hands have done through the years. But, you know, Calvin Lasher's got a couple of horses he's bred uh, on his own farm there that have, have turned in uh, to pretty solid uh, racehorses here. And, you know, you hope that the program can continue uh, to grow here by leaps and bounds. The money continues to get better. And let's face it, you know when there's more money, more people are willing to get involved uh, uh, and breed their own. So that's, uh, that, that's one of the keys to, to, to getting it done is getting people to participate uh, in the program. And we've been very fortunate that the program has gotten much deeper here over the last couple of seasons. You know, that one horse race I called with that three minute trotting mile. That's the, that's one of my races. I sent up to Naira for an audition. I, I didn't get a call back. So I can't wonder why I wonder why. Hey, if you could call a one, if you can make a one horse walk over in three minutes, sound exciting. You can do anything uh, in this sport, my friend. There's no doubt about that. Well, listen, I'll tell you what. Give us a real quick thing. I know Rosecroft's meet's kind of coming to an end. What's, uh, what's the final day, and, and what's the schedule like uh, for the remaining uh, final days? Sunday at 440, and then next Wednesday at 640, uh, we will have uh, finals in the Maryland Sire Stakes program, uh, both nights highlighting uh, those cards. And uh, I think one thing, too, that's worth pointing out um, – you know, this has been an outstanding year for female conditioners uh, at Rosecroft Raceway. Arlene Cameron leads the way with 22 wins. Uh, Megan Roberts now uh, has 19 on the year. And Brittany Bounds has 16, top three 
uh, in our trainers' standings. And I just want to congratulate uh, those ladies and the help that they have uh, in their barns. It's terrific to see. Uh, You know, we have a lot of other uh, great female trainers across the country uh, who are just really starting to get maybe – I think, Mike, our business has been a little bit slow uh, in terms of giving them their due. I mean, if it's Ronnie Burke or Jimmy Tactor, we're screaming to the world about uh, how great they are. Uh, in this case, uh, I think we need to be, uh, you know, talking to the world about how great these are, especially what the story of Brittany Bounds and, and her husband, mm-hmm. Michael, and what they've done after their uh, the terrible fire uh, last year. It, it's just been a thing of beauty to see them come back and have the kind of year uh, that they've had this year. And uh, right now, Frank Milby, uh, far and away, barring a, a major uh, influx of wins by uh, Russell Foster or Roger Plant over two nights, uh, Frank Milby has wrapped up. Uh, the dash title for the spring meet uh, with two nights to go as well. Good stuff. The track announcer, Rosecroft Raceway, Pete Madhurst. Pete, also the voice of Navy Athletics on the radio. Pete, we certainly appreciate you joining us, buddy. We'll check in with you towards, uh, well, it is almost the end of the meet. We'll check in with you maybe one more time to give this thing a wrap. Appreciate it, sir. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. All right. That was Pete Madhurst, the voice of Rosecroft Raceway. And I'll tell you what, Mike, uh, that fog that Dave Rodman and Larry Colmas had to deal with. And, and I think you called me right after the race. And I think as announcers, we were kind of both in amazement of the job that both of them did. I mean, it, it just couldn't have been any better. I was at the hard rock uh, at Northfield park, watching the race uh, with uh, some of their VIP members and sitting there watching. I, I had a couple of people who worked uh, at Northfield park, know I call races. And they asked me, they said, what would you do in this situation? And I said, pray. That's all you can do at this this juncture is hope that you have a monitor that can somehow clearly show who is where. Now, if this was at Churchill Downs, it'd be completely different. They've got Trackus. It makes things a little bit easier. Uh, Belmont Park's a little bit easier as well. But when you're at Pimlico, it's old school, my friend, completely old school. You got to go by the binoculars and things of that sort. So when the fog hits, you know, it it makes it really tough. But uh, hats off to Dave Rodman and Larry Colmas, both of them, neither one of them missed a beat. I, I've listened to both race calls, and neither one of them missed a beat. So uh, hats off to those guys. After this time out, we'll be joined by Carolyn Vasquez from Diamond Creek Farms on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Join us for the Diamond Creek Farm Open House coming up on Saturday, June 2nd, starting at 11 a.m. Family-friendly activities include raffles, hayrides, food and drinks, meat-cute foals, and much, much more. The Diamond Creek Farm Open House, located in Wellsville, Pennsylvania. For more information, visit us online at diamondcreekfarm.com, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. It's the Diamond Creek Farm Open House, Saturday, June 2nd at 11 a.m. Be there! New Vocations Resource Adoption Program. Retrain, rehab, rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org.
We're back time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. We're joined now by Carolyn Vasquez from Diamond Creek Farms. Carolyn, how are you? Good. How are you guys? Not too bad. Well, you guys have a big open house coming up next Saturday, June 2nd. But before we dive into the open house, uh, some of our listeners uh, may not know what goes on at a breeding farm. Uh, So talk to us a little bit about that and uh, what you guys do. Um, Well, that's why we're having an open house, um, because a lot of people, especially in the community we're in, um, in Wellsville, it's kind of a smaller town and they aren't really used to these big breeding farms. Um, so we have this big open house so that everyone can come. Um, we have a breeding demonstration so that everyone gets to see how we collect the stallions. We're going to have a pregnancy scan so everyone can see how we check the mares. Um, and just kind of try to invite everyone to the farm so they get to see a little piece of what we do every day on a daily basis. Carol and Mike Bozich here. Now, Adam's not in the background making faces at you or anything. No, talking, thankfully he? he's okay. not around. <laughs> <laughs> you probably locked him out. You probably yeah. locked yourself up somewhere. He's in so a he different state, it. so it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, very yeah. good. Carolyn, tell us a little bit about uh, yourself. How did you get in the business? Um, I actually was not involved in the business before I started working for Diamond Creek. Um, I did ride horses in high school and middle school, and then – I went to college for ag culture, um, and I actually wanted to do dairy marketing. Um, but then I ended up taking an internship um, in Kentucky, and I started working for them as a foaling intern. And now, seven years later, I run the social media accounts and then the marketing and advertising for the farm. So it's been a bit of a drastic change for me the last couple of years. So. Now, Caroline, talk to us uh, as far as the breeding aspect goes. Obviously, um, like anything else, there's the perfect time for breeding and things of that sort. And obviously, you'll talk about that next Saturday. But for um, for those listeners who may not be able to make it out there, what is the like the premier breeding time for these horses? And do the horses stay here year-round, or do they kind of travel uh, overseas and that sort? Yeah. Yeah, so the stallions, um, the breeding season runs from February to July. Um, we're usually busiest probably April and May. Um, that's when we're the busiest because we have all the late fully mares to cover. And then after July, the boys um, will, most of them, except for Father Patrick and Southland Frank, all of our boys either go down to New Zealand or they go to um, Australia. Always be Mickey will go to Australia. Um, so they travel to New Zealand and Australia half the year, and then they'll be there. That breeding season is September through January, and then they come back up here um, in February, like the beginning of February, end of January. Um, so they're pretty seasoned travelers, pretty used to visiting traveling. With Car- visiting with Carolyn Vasquez from Diavine Creek Farms. Uh, Carolyn, you've got the big open house coming up. It's June 2nd. It's Saturday. It's a week from Saturday. Tell us a little bit about the open house and if anybody's interested in attending, how they could go about doing so. Yep, so this is our fourth one. Um, we started it because when we moved to this sort of smaller town in Pennsylvania, we had a lot of questions about who we were and what we were doing back here on the farm. Um, and so we decided to open up the doors to the community, and it was such a big hit that we decided, um, you know, we'll do another one. Um, and so we started, had about 100 people the first year, and it was pretty laid back. We had, like, some sandwiches up, and people could walk around the farm. And now we've gotten to the point where last year we had over 400 people come. Um, And now we have, um, like, hot dogs, hamburgers, they have a barbecue, um, an ice cream truck. Um, There's an open bar, um, all sorts of different activities. It's a very kid, like, family-friendly event. We have a ton of activities for kids. 
Um, and then a lot of activities for adults as well um, to see. And they get to walk around the farm. You can feed um, a mare. You get to pet foals. You can name a foal. You can help guess the weight of a foal. And it's just a lot of fun. It's just a fun day for everyone, I think. So. Sounds like a lot of fun. And what uh, what times is uh, is the open it's house? 11, it's 11 to 3, and it is rain or shine. Um, we do have some big tents up and everything. So even if it's raining, we have some rain coverage. Uh, we just ask that no one brings any pets, that's all. But it is 11 to 3, and if they need any information, it's on our Facebook pages, Twitter accounts, social media accounts. Or they can also call us, um, and we can tell them anything they want to know about it. So. Fantastic. And where is Wellsville, Pennsylvania located? Wellsville is a little bit, um, it's close to Harrisburg. It's like 30 minutes from Harrisburg. It's a very pretty small little town. Um, but we've been very fortunate, the people that, when we moved to this area, the community was extremely welcoming to us, um, and so that's part of the reason we wanted to have this open house, is to thank them for how much they've given us over the years. Um, so it's sort of a smaller, but we're kind of near Dillsburg, if anyone knows Dillsburg at all. All right, fantastic. And once again, that is next Saturday from 11 to 3 in Wellsville, Pennsylvania, the Diamond Creek Farm Open House. Certainly looking forward to it. And, Carolyn, before we let you go, you, you better say hello to Taylor Johnston for us because she's been a part of our oh, broadcast yeah. a <laughs> yep, couple of times. Here. So yeah. <laughs> make sure you tell Taylor hello for us. Carolyn, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, and we will see you next Saturday. It's going to be a fun time. Yep, thank you for having me. All right, that was Carolyn Vasquez from Diamond Creek Farms. And, yeah, you know, Mike, that's one of the aspects of the industry that I think that we as an industry can do a better job of is, you know, trying to explain to people what happens in the breeding farm. There's so many different moving parts of our industry, you know, that, I mean, there's the gambling and there's the horse ownership and there's just all these different moving parts that uh, a lot of times I think the breeding kind of gets pushed in the background, but it's certainly one of the most important parts of our industry. Yeah, definitely kind of gets uh, put back in the background, the foresight of things a little bit. And uh, who knows, Mike, maybe we can, uh, maybe we can do better about uh, kind of highlighting that a little bit. Uh, you know, maybe we get a few people on and it's interesting to hear how everything kind of goes down at these things. And I think the open house is going to make it a lot of fun for people who are coming out because it shows people exactly how things are done at the, uh, at the farm and how, what kind of process it takes. So it'll be cool to see uh, what they do. Yeah, certainly. Once again, that's the Diamond Creek Farm Open House. It's coming up on Saturday, June 2nd, a week from Saturday, 11 to 3, on the farm in Wellsville, Pennsylvania. Make sure you put that on your calendar. We've got more, lots more left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. Don't touch that dial, so to speak. We've got Sugar Doyles coming up. He's going to talk to us a little bit about the Camelot Classic and the Western Fair, uh, the... uh, Let's see, the Western Fair card as it is, the undercard, too. That's a great card. They've got a couple of different um, guaranteed wagers on their mic that's going to be fantastic. So, if and honestly, that's a great, great uh, track for a gambler to hone in on, Mike. Yeah, definitely is. Uh, you know, one thing about it, Mike, is you can get this place to pay. How many times have we hit a 20 cent super high five or a pick three or pick four that paid five, six, seven, eight hundred bucks for 20 cents? Uh, it's one of those things that uh, it, it's just really interesting to see how it plays out or excuse me, how it pays and horses seem to come from anywhere. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what kind of uh, what what sugar has to say about their program coming up on Saturday, especially because they have Ontario Sire Stakes gold events. Mike, that's uh, some pretty big stuff. 
Yeah, so it's a great card all around, of course, with the Cambla Classic coming up the final race of that Saturday night. We'll be broadcasting live from there. Showtime's at 9 o'clock. We're going to have Facebook Live at what time? Like about 7.30 or so? Yeah, the pregame show is going to be from about quarter to 8 or 8 o'clock until 9. We're going to have a meet and greet um, where we'll be collecting donations for New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program from 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. Uh, feel free to stop down on the main concourse level. Uh, see myself, Garnett Barnsdale, Jess Scott, and uh, Kate is coming uh, to do some of our social media stuff. So we'll all be down at the table to say hello uh, and uh, meet some of the great fans and talk some racehorse adoption. Fantastic. Plus, we're also going to hear from Wendy Ross. She is the new USTA social media and public relations coordinator. We're going to talk to her towards the bottom of the hour and the assistant race secretary here at Harris, Philadelphia. Rob Pennington had a chance to visit with him, and we're going to talk a little bit about the big stakes coming up this Sunday. So good racing all over the place, and we've got you covered right here on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Twelve championship races. One spectacular night. And Father Patrick and a coast home champion here. Breeders' Crown 2018 coming to the Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono. Pitching up the rail. Modern legend there. Foiled again. Dead game. Clear vision laid on the outside. Pet Rock on the inside. Photo finish. Foiled again at Pet Rock together. Mike Bozich here along with Mike Carter for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a wheelchair or scooter? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application. If eligible, you may receive funding. Again, that's pacingforthecure.org. Mike? Are you a harness racing trainer, driver, or owner? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2017 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2018 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through October 31st. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers, trainers, and owners. Once again, that's pacingforthecure.org. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. You're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The Barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at BetAmerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the Barn. We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter. Right now, we're joined by our very good friend, the one and only track announcer at the Raceway at Western Fair. His name is Sugar Doyle. Sugar, welcome to the program, my good friend. How are you? I'm doing all right, Mike and Mike. Happy to be here. Well, I got to tell you what, and I, I, I 
promised myself as I was driving in today I was going to lead the show off with this. Thank you, best of the bunch, $79 winner at the end Monday night. It erased – well, and I have to tell you, it erased what was a terrible night at, for post time with Mike and Mike. As a matter of fact, the first three races, I think my top three picks finished last, second to last, and third to last. That's how bad things were going. But, uh, you know, that's the great thing about this business, Sugar. It only takes one, and I have to tell you – Thanks to Best of the Bunch, I was able to take my wife and little one out to a fine Taco Bell dinner. Well, I'll tell you what, $80 winner to complete the night. You're going home with something, right? I was calling him that he was uh, spitting the bit at, uh, with a quarter mile left to go. But, yeah, he, he still had a bit left. Uh, they removed the Lasix for that one, and, uh, yeah, he was large. And I have to tell you, and I, and, and I believe you called him right at the line. I, th- I thought for sure he was beat because the outside horse was going past him. But you have to remember there's kind of, if you're watching on television, there's a little bit of an inside advantage uh, at the race. There is, too. Yeah, there is. Uh, there always has been, of course, no passing lane here. So anytime you see one uh, shooting up, if they do get room along that inside late uh, and they've got some momentum, it's usually favoring that inside horse. But, uh, of course, best of the bunch leading all the way, and they just couldn't take him down. He's a nice old horse. He gets brave on that front-end mission. All right, Sugar. Well, let's dive into Saturday night. Uh, lots of great yeah. things going on on Camelot Classic Night. I'm bound and determined to repeat that name in my head about 100 times before Saturday night. Uh, obviously, uh, the <laughs> most, uh, no longer, no longer. it's the Camelot Classic. And I'll tell you what, what a field you guys have drawn uh, for that race. But not only just for the race, uh, Sugar, you guys have some fantastic promotional things going on on Saturday night. Uh, what can fans expect when they uh, arrive on track? Well, you know what? If you're coming on track, uh, one of my favorite things is the scratch and win program. There's not a whole lot of tracks around to do it. Right on the front of the program, there's the scratch and win, you know, like the lotto tickets and stuff. Uh, scratch and win, hundreds of giveaways on track. Uh, we've got some Cam Luck uh, swag and, of course, some Raceway swag uh, amongst the other stuff there. Uh, party in the patio. Uh, our restaurant up top, top of the fair, it's sold out, but there, there's still a few tickets left for the infield VIP experience. They put the tent up yesterday. It looks great out there. I mean, those that are attending the, the infield party are going to have a great time. I think it holds three, 400 people. Um, yeah, it's going to look great from even if you're over in the grandstand, you're, you're going to want to be out there. But, of course, you need a ticket to get out there. But, yeah, it's going to be a great time for everyone uh, joining us on track. And, of course, nice to have you guys back with us. Uh, Post time with Mike and Mike for a show. Uh, great way to kick off the season, hey? It's going to be fantastic. Let's take a look, a closer look at this race, Sugar. You've got the field debate. Um, it's going for a purse of $150,000. Is it Friday yet? Uh, a late entrance, but he finished second to McWicked, so, uh, and he draws well. So I'll tell you what, that's a, a pretty good deal for uh, being kind of a late entry there. But, I mean, you've got Evening of Pleasure, of course, pulled off that real big upset a couple of years ago. I mm-hmm. think that was the That Just Happened call, am I right? Uh, it was a track record call. Nobody's been faster over London uh, in the history, 150-3, and three, and uh, Evening of Pleasure, so good coming in. Uh, how about the the start two two back there? He's coming his own back half in 54 over a good track at Yonkers, and then uh, Brian Sears gets the call on him last time again first up. I've never seen this horse go first up and be so live. He's always been a trip horse, uh, and that's what he did here two years ago. He followed Sunfire Blue Chip all the way around, 
just beat him late. He's always been that suck-along type horse, but now he's got guts. He's got heart. Uh, Team Bongiorno's done a fabulous job with him. Uh, Sunfire Blue Chip back with us too. Trevor Henry, no stranger to London, no stranger to the winner's circle. Uh, he will be rousing up Sunfire Blue Chip from that rail. Uh, there's not a whole lot of horses that can corner around a half mile like Sunfire. He is a half mile track specialist and uh, one of the best on the planet on a half mile. A bit of a legend following at that speed of Sunfire Blue Chip. It, it's it's quite a race. I, I'm excited to call it. Now, listen, uh, you know, Bit of a Legend drew a post number eight. And for those of you who don't know, uh, the raceway at Western Fair District only goes seven across. So post number eight will be from the second tier. And one thing I've noticed about Bit of a Legend over the past few weeks, um, Sugar, is the fact that he can come from off the pace. He's a speedy little horse, but he likes to be on the front end, but he can also come from behind. That'll definitely help him uh, in this race on Saturday night. Yeah, I mean, uh, the dust will settle at some point. Uh, the only question on my end for Bit of a Legend will be, will he get room? Uh, you know, there could be some parking tickets issued here. Trevor Henry on the rail with Sunfire Blue Chip. Uh, I mean, you got Rock and Ron in the center with Louis Philippois, and he makes speed really, really good here in Ontario. Rock and Ron coming in with two straight gate-to-wire victories. Uh, evening of pleasure. He can pop off the gate. I've seen him storm off the gate at Yonkers there from an eight hole at 95 to one and leave like nobody's business. So uh, that first turn is going to be something. Dr. J Hanover with the outside post, but we all know he can scoot off the gate. Easy lover Hanover had nine straight wins going into his latest uh, finish fourth there to McWicked. And is it Friday yet? Easy lover Hanover. I don't see a whole lot of gate speed for him on this half miler, but I'm thinking if there's one that could lay on the outside and keep grinding and grinding and, and torture horses, it's easy lover Hanover and Doug McNair. Doug McNair, uh, no stranger to the winner's circle here in London as well. Bit of a legend, as you mentioned, has been racing well from off the pace. He missed a month prior to his latest. He came home for a, a solid second, and uh, Jordan Stratton never lifted a line on him in there. He just an easy second last time out, and he's coming into this in great shape. Now, listen, Sugar, before we dive into the rest of the program, if you, for some reason, just just for whatever reason, you get locked in a bathroom or you stop feeling good, you know, feel free to call me to come up and uh, to come up and assist you because I'll tell you what, this is going to be a fun race. And I think, like you said, going into the first turn, uh, you've seen some bullets at Western Fair. I think uh, – who knows? Maybe this uh, this might be one of the fastest uh, bullets of uh, all time at that track, depending on how fast they go. I don't think I've ever called anything quicker than maybe a twenty-six and one. Uh, I, I'm I'm looking at this race. Of course, it's going to be a quick opening quarter. I'm thinking there's a potential for fastest half ever here. We we might be looking at a half in in fifty-three. Like I said, Sunfire Blue Chip on the rail, Rock and Ron in the center, and then outside two are Evening and Pleasure and Doctor J, and they all like to get forwardly placed but uh, yeah that first turn is going to be something else and bit of a legend as mentioned from the back to your spot he will have to wait for the dust to settle and uh, if he gets the room at any point you know jordan's going to put him into play um yeah i just uh I'm, the hair is standing up on my arms right now just thinking about it sugar can we nail you down for a pick yet or are you, you gonna wait uh, a little oh, bit longer course. to make a decision of course I, I i had my pick done when the when the entries were, were finalized here i got bit of a legend this is my pro picks page little right up here i got 15 pro picks from uh people 
all over North America for this race. Michael Carter's got his in there. But uh, my selection, bit of a legend. He can defend his title. I've said openly that he is right now the greatest half-mile track horse on the planet. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. Bit of a legend. All right, Sugar. Well, listen, let's uh, let's kind of recap things a little bit, talk about where we can find you on social media, and uh, don't forget Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America, will be joining the Raceway live on track on Saturday. Uh, myself and Jess Gotten will be uh, will be talking the races with you uh, for the first half mm-hmm. of the pre-game show, and then me and you will kind of dive through the rest of the card. Listen, I promise my pick four tickets won't go over a hundred dollars this year like they did last year i promise to keep it simple yeah you, you, you know what uh, 20 you're probably gonna have to spend a little to make a little on these pick fours we bumped up the guarantees on them they start in races four and nine uh ten thousand dollar guarantee in the early fifteen thousand dollar guarantee in the late uh we've bumped up the guarantees in the pick threes races one and ten five grand a piece uh added a high five to the mix uh races seven ten for high fives at the added distance and race 12, of course, the Camelot Classic is a mandatory payout high five because it's their final race on the meet, right? All right. Well, uh, listen, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be a fun Saturday night, and I can't wait to see what the crowd is like. It was really hopping last year on a Friday night. I can't wait to see what that place is like come Saturday well, night. I mean, it's going to be a great time. You know yourself. You've been up to call one. You're going to call one on Saturday night. You can feel the crowd. It gets you going. I mean, uh, you mentioned uh, for follows. Uh, give me a follow on Twitter, at Sugar Doyle. For everything you need, uh, program selections for this card, go to camlockclassic.com. You'll find the links for everything you need there. And, uh, yeah, we're all excited here. The Raceway team, uh, we're going to bring it for Saturday night. Now, there's a couple things, Sugar, before we let you go. Looking at the undercard sure. just briefly, I see Best of the Bunch is back in, but he's in a preferred <laughs> three drawing the pylon, so I don't know if I'm going to jump in on that going a mile in his 16th. But I will say one thing. In race five, the preferred two, I really liked the way Don McWhite looked last uh, last week. I thought he was just dynamite uh, on mm. Monday night. When this horse is right, he is really, really good. I mean, Corey Johnson trains, Alfie Carroll drive. This horse needs a fast track. Uh, um, when when the track got uh, good here in the spring, this horse was ripping off wins like you wouldn't believe. He does meet tougher. You've got the fastest horse in London this season in spades, uh, a 52-4 and four winner here on that Mother's Day Sunday afternoon matinee. Uh, Jay Harris was on board. He said the track, uh, it started to get really fast on Mother's Day. It's the fastest it's been all meet coming in. Uh, Champagne Phil in from the WEG circuit. Trevor Henry catch driving that for trainer Dean Nixon. The outside post in there, number seven, Mohawk Warrior, shows a back half here in 55 late. So that horse has no trouble getting around London as well. Uh, that uh, preferred two handicap for a purse of 15 grand in race number five. It looks all right. Yeah, and you got some Ohio Sire Stakes event, Ontario Sire Stakes events, as well as the uh, City of London's going on all night as well. Anybody else that uh, maybe sticks out at you that uh, we could uh, concentrate on on the undercard? Maybe a best bet or two. Well, right up front, if you're playing that pick three, I believe you've got a key in race number two. Uh, the two uh, number three, Easy Tiguan. Key that horse in race number two. Put a big circle around that one. Key that one in the second. And then in races one and three, outside of it, you've got the Ontario Sire Stakes Gold uh, three-year-old fillies for almost hundred grand in purse money. Uh, Percy Blue Chip has got the rail in the opener. Kendall Sealster. So that's going to be a great showdown to kick things off. 
Kendall Seals to write a post to. So again, key the three in the second race, and then over into the third race, more Ontario Sire Stakes Gold Phillies. You got Play the Bell, Big Thong, quite a sight. Uh, it's 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 quite a way to kick things off. Uh, close to a half million dollars in purse money uh, on the night. It's our richest card, of course, of the season. Good stuff. Well, Sugar, we certainly appreciate you joining us, and we will see you for the big night of racing on Saturday night, my friend. You know what? We're all going to look forward to it. Thanks so much for having me today, guys. Enjoy the rest of the day, and, uh, yeah, let's bring on Saturday. All right. Thanks, Sugar. Right on. Thank you, guys. You know, Mike, he hasn't even called it yet, and I am already submitting the Camla Classic for Race Call of the Year. I'm already submitting it. Listen, I'll tell you what, it, uh, we, we've heard it a million times. That just happened. It's in the open. It's there for a reason. Sugar Doyle is uh, by far uh, one of the best track announcers in the game. And I'll tell you what, the amount of excitement that he puts into some of these races is fantastic. So I'm excited to hear him give this race a call, and uh, we'll go from there. All right, fantastic. Well, we've got lots left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. We've got uh, Rob Pennington, the Assistant Racing Secretary at Harris, Philadelphia. We've got a big card coming up on Sunday. Some of the best paces and trotters in the world will be here, and we'll talk to Rob about that. Plus, Wendy Ross will be joining us as well. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America, hits the road in 2018 by coming to your city starting on Saturday, May 26th, for the Camelot Classic at Western Fair Raceway. On Saturday, June 16th, we invade Mohawk Racetrack for the very first time as we broadcast the Pepsi North America Cup. On Sunday, July 8th, is the New Vocations Telethon at Jackson Fairgrounds in Jackson, Michigan. Saturday, July 14th is our first trip of the year to Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment as we head to the Meadowlands page. On Saturday, August 4th, we return to the Hamiltonian Stakes. We return to Hoosier Park Racing and Casino on Friday, August 10th for the Dan Patch Stakes and back again on Friday, September 21st for the Hoosier Pacing Derby. For more information, visit posttimewithmikeandmike.com. Looking to bet on great racing from around the country and around the world? There's no better place than BetAmerica.com. But there's also no better time to join because right now we're offering a 100% sign-up bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. Simply open a new account at BetAmerica, make your first deposit, and we'll add your bonus immediately. It's that easy. Sign up today at BetAmerica.com. Over the past 25 years, Hoosier Park has revolutionized harness racing across the nation. The action returns Friday, March 30th, with racing every Tuesday through Saturday, starting at 6.30 p.m. Join the revolution at Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Visit HoosierPark.com for more information. New Vocations Resource Adoption Program. Retrain, rehab, rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. 
Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org. Back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich, will be joined by uh, Wendy Ross here shortly. And uh, Mike, you said you'll bring, but uh, where you at, my friend? Are you okay? Yeah, I, I, I tried to talk, but nothing was coming up. <laughs> I was like, I, I saw the, you know, listen. For those who don't know, we kind of talk, chit chat on Facebook back and forth. That's how we tell who's going to bring in what. And he said, okay, I'll bring. And I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I was like, well, I guess I'm going to go here. So <laughs> you know, we we still have to do the behind the scenes. Well, we're going to do that one of these times. The behind the scenes of post oh, yeah. time with Mike and Mike. I mean, you know, just some of the stuff that we do, kind of run the studio and chit chat back and forth. And I think it'd be kind of interesting. Do you work the tweet deck a lot? And and Melissa Keith helps us out too. Boy, God bless her. She is just a wonderful, wonderful person, and she helps us out at. Uh, Ushua Canada as well, and uh, but it, 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 there's a lot going on behind the scenes of the program. But you know, Mike, I've got a, a very serious non-horse related question for you while we're waiting on Wendy to give us a call. You know, when you go through the medicine aisle at the at the grocery store, and you see the like, say for example, you see the Tylenol brand, okay, and then you see the generic brand which is always usually like a you know a store brand but it's usually three to four dollars cheaper which which one do you opt for do you opt for the the tylenol the name brand or do you opt for the the cheaper option as an announcer i go for the name brand just in case you go for the name brand okay well that you make the big bucks so you can afford the name brand i gotta make i I gotta get the store brand but i'm just wondering is there any difference I don't think so, but you never know. We'll, we'll have to, uh, you know what? Maybe we'll have to pose that question to uh, some of our announcer friends um, over the uh, over the next few weeks. And who knows? Maybe when our newsletter makes a return in a couple of weeks, uh, we'll have to have a uh, we'll have to have that story in there because uh, you know people seem to really like your uh, announcer's thought story that uh, you did a couple of weeks in a row. Yeah, well, I might have to write another one after uh, the, the next couple of days here because things could get really, really interesting. So make sure you uh, tune in. But nonetheless, Mike, um, seriously, I I just don't know if there's a difference. I think that would be a good question to ask. And I know a lot of announcers, you know, because you want to you want to have your voice, obviously. And a lot of announcers have different techniques of maintaining their voice. Um, I know a lot of announcers like to use hot tea. I like to use hot tea. Um, a lot of announcers use cough drops. I know Sugar, he he does the candy thing, right? He does like uh, he keeps little candies in his drawer to kind of keep his his voice moist. Do you use anything? Um, it depends on the night. Sometimes I have cough drops. I use honey lemon tea, uh, yeah. depending on the night. And uh, I you know I also like to keep the uh, co- or not the coffee the cough drops handled. But, Mike, I'm a big water guy. Um, I like to yeah. have a glass of water at all times when I'm in the announcer's booth, whether it be in a bottle. doesn't matter. It can be hot, cold. doesn't matter. I need something there just in case because normally what I do is uh, as the gate swings open, 
uh, you know, kind of take a small little swig just to, you know, just to make sure that I'll be able to talk the entire two minutes because there's times where your voice, uh, for whatever reason, it gets scratchy and gets uh, dry and, uh, you know, things happen. One of the worst things, in my opinion, that you can do, at least for me anyway, is eat right before the races or, God forbid, eat in the middle of the races. Like a lot of times food will make its way up to the press box and it'll be like the sixth or seventh race and you've got a long post. So you kind of munch on something. But I, I, I for some reason, I cannot do that. Well, listen, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, sometimes Kate brings me dinner up to the announcer's booth when I'm at uh, when I'm at Northfield and. You know, uh, I, I have to tell her you gotta you gotta hurry up and bring it because I like to eat before the races start. Because if you try to eat in between, then you catch yourself. You know what? I can get one more bite of that sandwich before they uh, before they get to the start. And sure enough, you're still popping <laughs> away as the uh, gate swings yeah. close. So uh, you probably you, know. you probably make her buy it too, don't you? Not only does she have to bring it, she has got to buy it for you too. That's I, nice. I do. Listen, she has to. You know, she's got to buy it. So you know, that's uh, that's how it goes. But uh, no, we're kidding as far as that goes. But uh, yeah, no, eating uh, right before a race is uh, is always tough as well. Um, it kind of makes things a little bit uh, a little bit more interesting. Sometimes you get too moist, uh, and you're trying to you know choke on what you just ate. So uh, you know, it's just one of those things. It's to each his own, I guess. But uh, maybe we'll have to uh, put out a uh, maybe a poll or something to see uh, what announcer other announcers do. Now, if we're talking about eating before the races as announcers, I can't even imagine eating before the races as an outrider. Wendy Ross joining us on the program. Wendy, do you, have you ever eaten like right before you get on a horse to to outride at a racetrack? Hi guys, how you doing? <laughs> we're, we're doing fantastic. Um, we're we're no. talking we're talking about a very important topic here about eating before we do our jobs. Well, since I've called in, I've heard some very interesting words, and I was—I didn't know what you guys were talking about at first, but now I get it. So, okay, um, yeah. So I don't usually prefer to eat when I would when I would ride. No, I, I don't. Even when I when I do TV and stuff, you know, m- more when I do TV because I don't want to be hungry, and you know that's not a good feeling because then my my head starts hurting and I get a little hangry, and you know that's not good. So, always try to. To make sure, you know, we're prepared. But, uh, no, as far as the riding goes, no, I, I always, um, you know, and I, my outfits sometimes were better if I didn't eat, too. So I, I've always tried to, to not have a full stomach or anything like that. So, no, I don't like to eat before I ride. All right, Wendy. Well, let's dive into your uh, newest position. Congratulations. It's the uh, social media and public relations coordinator uh, that was announced yesterday by the United States Trotting Association. And Wendy, talk to us a little bit about uh, about the position itself and what went into you applying uh, for that position. Well, thank you guys so much. Um, you know, it's basically I graduated college in 2008, and I think if you would ask me back then, I if what I wanted to do, I said I wanted to do publicity in harness racing and, and for the USTA and goodness, that was 10 years ago. And, and I think when the position came along and um, the opportunity was kind of brought to my attention to apply, I was like, this is my, the job I wanted my whole life. And goodness knows I've been fortunate enough to do some cool things along the way. Um, but when the, when the position became available, it was pretty much a no brainer um, for me to, you know, to take a shot and apply. Uh, you know, obviously I've been living south of the meadows over there. So the move was, in discussion 
Um, but I think when an opportunity like this comes along, you you know, they don't come along often and you just you pick up and you got to go to it sometimes. They don't always just come to you. Um, the position is the social media and public relations coordinator. So basically we'll just be uh, kind of like helping manage the social media here, which is, you know, Instagram, uh, Facebook, and Twitter, and then doing um, some publicity events as well. So you'll be seeing, you know, just me out and about at all the all the races, a lot of the races. I actually can't say all, that's not correct, but um, a lot of the races and just being back on the scene. And we'll just basically be uh, my team and I, which is Mark Hall, Rich Johnson, uh, you'll be seeing us out and about, and you know, just the familiar faces that you've seen all the time. I just now, I just get to be a part of them. Yeah, fantastic stuff. And now you were out of the business for a little bit, and uh, like I said, when we were getting ready to come on the air, actually, when we shortly j- just got on the air, um, I know that your passion for the industry would would lead us back into the industry. It's kind of like one of those things when you get into harness racing, you could leave for a little bit, but you never really truly leave. You just, you know, you, you, it seems like true harness racing people always find their way back. But th- did you miss it? How did the how did the year kind of go away from the business? Well, you know, I was at the Meadowlands there for so long in Tioga, and I I took a hiatus from. I don't really think harness racing because. Uh, you know, we have a small barn over at the Meadows, about 10 horses, and that I own parts of some of them. So basically, harness racing, I was just more went back to being in the barn and out of the spotlight, uh, but still definitely more involved daily as far as like on the ground and, and doing things like that. But as far as like being in the spotlight, when I left the Meadowlands, um, as far as doing the publicity and the TV, I left for a pharmacy job out of Pittsburgh. I was doing some account management details there. And um, I left that job after about 18 months. I just really, you know, it, 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 it was a good job and it was a great opportunity. I just didn't really feel it was for me. So I went back into the barn full time and was helping there uh but as far as like leaving the industry i think more on the grand scheme like in the spotlight i left but not really behind the scenes which is basically what i love to do the most is just you know if you ever want to find me on a sunday or a saturday especially nowadays just you can find me in the barn or just like hanging out with the horses which is where my heart lies the most i've just been fortunate enough to now i can be back and give back to the sport on um you know, in the publicity and the public relations role once again, which is where I felt, uh, where I like to do most of my work anyway, uh, is dealing with the people and, and giving back to the sport in that aspect. So now I'm glad that I can still have uh, parts of the horses I own and still have that, but obviously be more involved on this end. Now, Wendy, obviously uh, you had to have some ideas coming into this job, and, you know, obviously we don't want you to give them all out to us on the air. But uh, from a handicapping perspective, and one thing that you do well, um, obviously uh, you do a multitude of things well, but one thing that you specifically do well is handicapping and things of that sort. Will that become part of the uh, kind of the angle at all um, throughout uh, this stint at the USTA? I think that's something um, – they have a wonderful team here already assembled. But I think to, to when they brought me in, that was definitely something they were thinking about. Uh, they were – you know, uh, Dan Leary, the director of communications marketing, he said, you know, I already have a brand established and my face is already so known out there that we're going to really implement some things uh, on the handicapping level that we that they haven't done in the past just for – uh, the fact that we can do a lot of on-camera things and maybe tie in some new handicapping angles because they said they really haven't had uh, a handicapper on staff that could do those type of things. So we have some ideas in the works um, with other ideas as well. But we have, as far as on that on that topic, 
things that we're going to tie in in the future where there's going to be a lot of like maybe some on-camera things and some interactive things uh, that the fans can be a part of uh, with me and uh, other handicappers throughout the sport. Wendy, one final question before we let you go. Obviously, there's a lot of different opinions out there as far as what path harness racing should take or what harness racing can do to, you know, better position itself and, you know, kind of drawing new fans and so forth. What do you think? I mean, you've got a, a, a pretty varied background. I mean, you're you're a horsewoman. You're an outrider. You've done some broadcasting. You've done some work at the Meadowlands. So you've kind of been on both sides of the fence. What do you think the game can do in general to uh, try to attract new fans? I think the the thing we have to we have to move forward with the times. Um, you know, social media is a huge thing right now. So we, I, the USDA is taking a big initiative as they have in the past. They've done great things, but continuing to move forward with social media. Um, I think that everything is such uh, technologically based, um, and from the internet and things like that. So we really have to start getting ourselves out there and just basically promoting ourselves. I think somewhere along the way, um, the the sport kind of lost that where we have to keep growing and keep moving forward we might have taken for granted that we you know in the years past that we thought we were just going to live on our own but now we really have to and this is when when I started the Meadowlands many years ago Sam had I was in the sulky with Sam and I he said Wendy what's the one thing you want to do and my goal if I could do anything would be be in part be involved in making harness racing on a grander scheme like I want it to be I always wanted it to be a topic to where People are, talk about thoroughbreds so much more. Why are they not talking about standardbreds? So somewhere we need to figure out where we're going to move forward in, in making us relevant uh, to younger fans, to previous fans, and then keeping the love alive for those that are with us right now. So um, I think just growing. You know, we have to figure out how we're going to grow. I think this position and the USTA taking, they're taking some big strides here. I think there's even bigger announcements moving forward here in the next couple of weeks that we're going to hear about. And I think that, you know, things are, are going to be happening. And I think the USTA is a forefront for that. And I think that people are really going to have a lot to look forward to uh, moving forward. Fantastic. Well, Wendy, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Best of luck. We know that you're going to absolutely excel and uh, kick some major butt in this new position. And uh, we look forward to seeing you at some of the bigger events. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it, and we'll look forward to seeing you. All right. Thanks, Wendy. Thank you. Bye-bye. That was Wendy Ross, and she is the new social media uh, – no, social media and public – that's actually a good, that's a good name, social Listen. media. Listen, public she's relations. Like, she's a social media person. Come on, get it together, will you? Well, I'm, I'm just trying to think of a, a title to combine the two things into one. She's the social media coordinator as well as the public relations coordinator, right? There you go. That's, so, that's you could, good. so you could com- combine it. Yeah, you like that? Comedia. Uh, you know, she's going to do a fantastic job, though. Uh, so hats off to the USTA for getting her in. I'll tell you what, she's going to do a great, great job in that position, Mike. Yeah, she's going to do a heck of a job, and uh, she's got a lot of great ideas. And that's one thing about Wendy. She's got a lot of big ideas, which I think is uh, something the sport needs, and uh, maybe take it a different direction. And more congratulations to give out. James Witherite's been named an editor, and of course I work with James every day, so certainly congratulations to uh, James as he's going to be editing some of the a lot of the newsroom stuff that you see on the uh, USTA uh, website. And, you know, there was, uh, in, in pardon my ignorance here, because the name is, is escaping me, but there was another gentleman that got promoted. The, what was his name? Uh, you, you don't know? 
I'm Jason Turner. Jason Turner, right? Exactly. I, I'm I'm lost today. I, I'm I'm a I'm a sad case today, Mike. That's okay. He was a um, he started his career with the USTA as an intern for Hoofbeats back in 2006, and he's done a plethora of things uh, over the past few years. Um, he had his first story published in 2011. Uh, he was working as a graphic designer, and uh, he's also won uh, multiple American Horse Publication and Hervey Awards for writing and design. So uh, congratulations to Jason Turner as well. All right, so congratulations to all the USTA hirees, and we'll certainly keep track of them as the weeks and months progress here on this program. What's upcoming? My favorite day of the year, Mike, Sunday, the Maxi Lee, the Betsy Ross, and this year's Older Painter Invitational is named the Commodore Berry Invitational, named, of course, after the Commodore Berry Bridge that's about a mile down and we could see it right here from the booth here at Harris, Philadelphia, right from my broadcast location. The Assistant Race Secretary, Rob Pennington, had a chance to uh, join us earlier. Actually, when I mean earlier, I mean yesterday. So it's on tape, and you're going to hear that interview next on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Over the past 25 years, Hoosier Park has revolutionized harness racing across the nation. The action returns Friday, March 30th, with racing every Tuesday through Saturday, starting at 6.30 p.m. Join Revolution at Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Visit HoosierPark.com for more information. Attention all breeding funds. Did you know Pacing for the Cure has a stud fee for scooter program? Your stud fee donations will help those living with MS with severe mobility limitations obtain a scooter and be able to continue to enjoy their love of harness racing. Contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org if you'd like to make a donation. Mike? In case you haven't noticed, Mr. Bill G. has begun pacing for the cure for multiple sclerosis. Join in on the fun and weekly contest on Facebook to guess where he will place in each race. Like and share our page. Great prizes available for the lucky winners. Better yet, come out to the racetrack and watch him race live. Let's start a Mr. Bill G. fan club and start blogging on the journey page of the pacingforthecure.org website. Once again, that's pacingforthecure.org. Excitement. Keystone Velocity in 147 and 3. That's a new track record. Competitive racing and full fields equal big payoffs. Six roses at 35 to 1. Bang! Soon go the fireworks. Catch exciting live harness racing at Rosecroft Raceway. Two days a week, every Wednesday at 6.40 and Sunday at 4.40. Rosecroft has an industry low 12% takeout on the pink five. Rosecroft Raceway, we race. We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter. And right now, we're joined by the Assistant Race Secretary here at Harrow's Philadelphia. His name is Rob Pennington. Rob, how are you, sir? Doing well, Mike. Thanks. Well, welcome to the program, and I'll tell you what, we have got a very big card coming up on Sunday here at Harris, Philadelphia. Not only the three big races, the Maxi Lee, the Betsy Ross, and the Commodore Barry, but the undercard, absolutely phenomenal. We're going to go through that here in just a few minutes with our guest. But 
Rob, before we get into that, tell us a little bit about the processes. Now, all three of these big races that will be contested at Harris, Philadelphia on Sunday are indeed invitationals. They're not stakes where, you know, you pay into them ahead of time. They're invitationals. Tell us about the process of putting together invitationals. Well, the process really starts when we start back to work in uh, the beginning of April. We start looking at, in, um, at that time, the blue chip matchmaker, the Levy series is going on. Um, then as it goes along, they're starting to qualify the better horses and get them ready for the stake season. So we watch a lot of races leading up to this. Trainers call us, owners call us. They start calling us, you know, five, six weeks ahead of time just putting their names in the hat so they can have a chance to get invited. And at the end of the day, we want to have the most competitive field, but also the best courses that we could come up with in the in the country and Canada. Yeah, and, and obviously when you're dealing with a lot of talented horses, especially in divisions where there's not really standouts. I mean, you're just dealing with a number of good, talented horses that, you know, a lot of times it has to be tough to kind of narrow it down to eight. But I'll tell you what, you guys have put together three outstanding races and plus the undercard. And before we talk about the big races, I want to talk to you about the undercard real quick. Once again, it comes up on Sunday here at Harris, Philadelphia. Let's start in the second race. It's a middle condition level pace, known as the 14,000 last five, but right away you've got some really nice horses here. Waikiki Beach came up from Florida with a lot of fanfare, came into the Levy. Kind of disappointed in the Levy, but looks like he might be finding his stride as a blade. You've got Robbie Burns, who made a stateside debut, looked very well last time, looked very good, winning by three lengths in 150 and one, plus Cooperstown's a very nice horse as well. Yes, it is. It seems like these uh, Australian and New Zealand imports are just coming over here and taking over the top ranks right now, especially in the condition classes. Yep, certainly. Race number three. Now you've got two divisions on this card of a Pennsylvania Sire Stakes for three-year-old Philly Pacers. Major special lady, a pretty nice horse. We talked a little bit about her off the air. Yeah, she's coming in um, just starting her year this year. She's had two starts with two-thirds. Um, she's last year's Breeders' Crown runners-up to the great You Are My Candy Girl. Yep. Yeah, Serene Stride also Serene in this race Stride, as well. Yeah, she's coming in with four straight wins. She's she's rounding into a great three-year-old filly form. And that is the first of two divisions of Pennsylvania Sire Stakes for three-year-old filly Pacers, and they both will go for a purse of just under $80,000, Moving right along, let's, uh, let's see. Race number five, the great Northeast Open Pace Series. This is a series, Rob, that is, I believe, in its third week right now. It's something that's going to go on uh, throughout the summer and uh, end up with the finals, I believe, in September. Uh, and you've got some really nice horses in here. Check six, a multiple stakes winner, Boston Red Rocks, former Breeders' Crown winner. Yeah, and uh, don't tell me again, just won the graduate his last start. Um, you know, these these horses could be as deserving to be in the, the invitationals as anybody, but it's just hard when you have to get it down to eight. Um, but when we open the box for this draw, and we've seen the horses that were in our open series for all three divisions. We were like, whoa, this is going to be a really nice race card. Speaking of whoa, race number six, <laughs> and there's a name that jumps right out uh, off the page and right at you. Hit, you, hit you square in the face. Yeah, that's Hannah Lore Hanover, the one, the only, last year's um, age mare of the year, trotter of the year, and horse of the year. Um, she's just spectacular. So when we opened our box and seen her name, we were like, Wow, this this is going to be a great undercard. If we only had her, but then you look at the rest of the field. There's Homicide Hunter, Sutton, Krishna, Miladies Monet. You know, steps up all the time. 
um, deep impact win a huge mile last week here. Um, just a spectacular race. Yeah, certainly is. That's race number six on the card. Great Northeast Open Trot Series. Moving right along, let's see. Race number eight. Race number eight is interesting. It's a, now it's a 10,000 last five, a condition you see quite often here at Harris, Philadelphia. But there's something not quite normal about this race. You know, I'm all about trying different things, um, get, get some more excitement. So um, Joe and I talked it over, and I said, hey, let's, let's try a 5 8 mile dash. Just see what it does. See if... Um, the horsemen support it. Let's see if the the patrons support it. Um, just try something new. And that's going to be very exciting because on a 5-8 mile track, they start right in front. It's almost like a half-mile track, but only they go one lap around. Exactly, one lap around. Start at the Start at the finish and finish at the finish. It's going to be pretty exciting. Ninth race is the start of a pick four. It's a $10,000 guarantee, and it's always got that low 15% takeout, so something for uh, certainly for the gamblers to shoot for. It starts the great. It starts with the great Northeast Philly and Mare Open Pace Series. This is a good one here, uh, Rob. You've got Nike Franco, last year's Betsy Ross winner. Uh, you've got Liz Patty, Twinkle, a very nice horse as well. Kind of split the difference between Agent Q and Pure Country last time. Absolutely. There's nine mares in here that any race secretary across America would be happy to have in one of their opens. Um, it's just, un, you know, it, unbelievable the, the horse flesh that we have racing on Sunday. And here we go. Race number 10. It is like two of that pick four, and this starts the uh, three invitationals. It's the Maxi Lee. You got a great field of eight here. Crazy well. Will take charge. Nearly beat Handel or Hanover two starts back, but very good at Pocono in that great Northeast Series last start. Of course, Marion Marauder is the horse that we want to talk about, though, Rob, because this is a horse that just looked fantastic upon debut. And I'll tell what he is running out of shelf space for all the trophies he's gotten over the last couple of years. Unbelievable the way this horse is rounded into form. Um, when I talked to Paula Wellwood um, and Mike Keeling, her husband, you know, they've done a great job campaigning this horse. They were a little worried about coming in. They didn't know if they could find a race. I told them about the Great Northeast Open Series. They were, oh, let's hope it fills so we can have a place to get them started. I don't know if they were ready for what that horse did that day, but he was fantastic. I have to tell you, when I saw 122 and 2 with the three quarters, I was kind of thinking that maybe a track record could happen there, but it could happen here. I was thumbing through the program looking at what our track record was, actually, um, to, see if, to see if it was in danger, and it was, and it might happen here. There's seven other horses in this race that shouldn't be taken lightly. The Betsy Ross is race number 11. And, Rob, this is always one of my favorite races of the year because there are always an abundance of great mares, and they're always so even. It doesn't really seem like there is a standout. I guess the case could be made for Agent Q, who just, who in her first start of the year at Pocono in that great Northeast Open Series event, she was last at the top of the stretch and rallied, swept by a ball, a move you really don't see a whole lot over there. And then uh, she came back and looked very good last time against the Pure Country in 20. Right here. She did look very good. Um, this is a very competitive race. Oh, yeah. um, a lot of people think Sharton's just going to run off with it. I do think Sharton is probably the morning line favorite, and she is very, very good. Um, but there's a lot of other horses here. The mile that Caviar Alley went, her first start out of the box, 50 and 4 down the road. That was eye-opening for her. Sure was. Let's not forget she did that same thing in a big race last year, and the three-year-old Philly Fire Stakes just wired them. Agent Q was in that race, yep. and and Caviar Alley beat her. On the outside, Blue Moon Stride, Darlin' on the Beach, two very impressive mares. Unfortunate with the post draw, but they can do it. 
Yeah, Blue Moon Stride, Harness Racing's newest millionaire. Darlin' on the beach has been impressive since uh, she's come back to the races. Caviar Alley, Little Brown Jughead winner, like you said, and we can never uh, we can never discount Pure Country. Never, ever count her out. She's the three-time, yeah. she's the two-year-old filly of the year, three-year-old filly of the year, and H-Mare of the year last year. First time I think that's ever been done in this yeah, sport. Yeah, she's looking to, to defend that title, and it could happen right here, starting that... Race number 12 is the Commodore Barry, and this is just an excellent, excellent race. You couldn't have gotten a more solid field of eight if you asked me. I mean, here's Beckham Zetam, Breeders' Crown champion. Uh, first start, usually doesn't travel outside of Hoosier Park very often, but is here. You've got Heaven Rocks, a horse, uh, a brand-new horse that I thought put a good account of himself in in his stateside debut going sub-150. Little Brown Jug winner, Filibuster Hanover. Uh, Mick Wicked's uh, $2.2 million earner. Market Sows a $2 million earner. And then you've got the Red Hot Rodeo Romeo. Rock-Eyed Optimist you can never count out. Western Joe, the uh, well, I guess the second place finisher for all intents and purposes in the Confederation Cup. Exactly. I, I, you know, Chris Cho, very nice guy. Has one horse. Let's yeah. mention that. One horse. Right. And he's competing on this level. It's amazing. Amazing what that a job that guy's done. Yeah. There's eight horses in this race. And all of them have a very good shot of winning. Um, it's it's an unbelievable race. I'm very very proud of this race. Yeah. Um, it's unbelievable when you can pick eight and look at what you're looking at. It's just unbelievable. Um, I don't think there's a horse on the page that has finished worse than second in the last two or three starts, except for Western Joe, who was taken down. Um, I'm very happy with how this race came out. A win for Filibuster Hanover would make Kim Harness Racing's newest millionaire, too. He's right at $941,000. And you know what? The card ends pretty strong. Race 13, we've got that second division of the three-year-old Philly Pennsylvania Sire Stakes, and I know you were talking about kissing in the sand a little bit before we got on the air. Yeah, you know, she went in 50 last year at the Meadowlands late in the year in the kin uh, in the kindergarten final. I mean, that was in November. This right. is a two-year-old Philly, like she's, you know, she won't be taken lightly on the Grand Circuit this year for sure. Um, then you have Strong Opinion. She was second in the Matron to You Are My Candy Girl. Um, you know, I think Kissing in the Sand's a very good horse, but I think in the three-year-old Philly ranks, everybody's climbing uphill when we see the return of You Are My Candy Girl. And race uh, number 14, it ends with usually what's our featured race on a Sunday at dollars and twenty thousand dollars in the last five starts. And uh, you know, Chris and me is it came over here with a lot of fanfare, still looking for his first win of the year. Uh, this could be the spot. This could be the spot. Um, he's he's down in class, numbers of twenty thousand. Um, that's you know down in class. It's our last race of the day. And when we were putting this card together, we we're like, where do we stick this race? And no. it was, you know, this is where we came up with to stick it. But um, we're finishing this card as strong as we started, I feel. Rob, before we let you go, just a general question real quick. You mentioned a few times during the course of this interview about the strategy of, of placing races, like where should they go on the card? You know, should you put this race here? Should you make this the third race? Should you make this the fourth race? For, for those people out there that may be wondering what you're, what you're talking about, can you explain that process just a little bit? Sure. It, um, a lot of times it, we, we try to put um, – some good races in the beginning, some good ones in the in the end, and our really good ones in the middle. Um, when then, if you have seven horse fields, you don't really want to put them in your superfecta races, so we try to avoid that. Um, 
So there is kind of a strategy is, of where you want to a, place your rates. There is a strategy, right. and um, you know, we, we try to keep a, a good pace and flow through the day. Um, fortunately for us, on on this racing card, it was you could put any race anywhere, really, because they're all good. Fantastic. Well, that was Rob Pennington, the assistant race secretary at Ares Philadelphia. Rob, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Best card you've ever put together? Uh, by far the best card I've ever put together. I've updated my Facebook status yesterday that I was extremely proud of the work that um, me and Joe Osier did on this card. Um, it's extremely, it might be one of the best race cards um, anywhere. You know, like, you know, we don't have the top, top stake races, but for what we have, this is a really, really good race card. It's going to be a fantastic race card. And really quick before we let you go, you're also involved with the Standard Bread uh, Pleasure Horse Organization of New Jersey, and you've got a big event coming up in August. Give a quick plug. Tell us uh, about that a little bit. The Standard Bread Pleasure Horse Organization, that's been my baby for uh, going on close to 12 years. Um, it's a, It gives these horses a second career once they're done on the racetrack. And... Um, the way I, you know, I started out as a groom and I worked my way up, and um, everything I've, I have in my life, I credit to the horse because it, it, um, they've taken me to some pretty big places. So it's the way I can give back, and I give back by volunteering my time and efforts. And it's a very good crew that we have at the Standard Red Pleasure Horse Organization, and we we try to do right by the horse and right by our competitors. And the show's coming up. It's the first time it's ever been three days. That's how big we've gotten. Wow. It's 90 classes. Um, we had the same amount of classes last year, and we were showing from 8 a.m. until 11 at night. So we're like, hey, it's time. It's time to go three days. Um, it's hard, be hard with staffing to go three days, but we're excited. Uh, we feel we can give a schedule that the competitors and the horses can be more relaxed and enjoy it more. So we're looking forward to having our biggest and best show ever. And if anybody's interested in, in getting involved, they could go to your website? Yeah, sphonj.org. The show book is not out yet. We're just finishing it up now. But um, there's always updates on Standard Pleasure Horse Organization of New Jersey's Facebook page also. There's an event created there. And if you if you put a question there, we'll get back to you as soon as we can. Good stuff. Rob Pennington, the Assistant Race Secretary at Harris, Philadelphia. Rob, we appreciate you joining us. Thanks, Mike. See you Sunday. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. You're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The Barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at BetAmerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the Barn. 
Looking to bet on great racing from around the country and around the world? There's no better place than BetAmerica.com. But there's also no better time to join because right now we're offering a 100% sign-up bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. Simply open a new account at BetAmerica, make your first deposit, and we'll add your bonus immediately. It's that easy. Sign up today at BetAmerica.com. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And before we wrap this thing up, we're going to talk about the $380,000 Hart Rooney final coming up at Yonkers Raceway. It says $380,000 in the uh, conditions, but uh, the person only listed is $300,000. Mike, what a good field this is. Uh, Springsteen makes his 2018 stakes debut. And I'll tell you what. Boy, did he look good last year. Uh, trainer Rene Allard is ready for action with number three, Springsteen. Mike? All right. I think uh, we have lost uh, – have we lost Mike there? I think, I think we lost uh, Mike Bozich uh, there towards the end of the show. But obviously, uh, Springsteen looks like the one to knock off in the Art Rooney. We're going to close this thing up. It's been a fantastic show. If you haven't done so yet, make sure you check out some of our archive shows. Also, check us out coming up on a Saturday. We kick off our program at 9 o'clock. Pre-game show is at 8 o'clock on Facebook Live via our website, www.posttimewithmikeandmike.com. Dot com. Uh, make sure you join us here uh, on a Saturday night with the first post of 9 o'clock again as we cover the 2018 Cam Luck Classic. We'll see everybody next week. First post is 10.30. Join us again on Saturday. First post, 9 o'clock. Good night, everybody. Yeah.